I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. And we'll be looking at verses 12 through 15 this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. If you don't have a Bible, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there and turn to page 141 in the Pew Bible. That's page 141 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, then uh, you can take that Pew Bible with you, and that's our gift to you today. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word, so please take that and use that for, for your benefit. Uh, now, these words will be familiar to you. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, and that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That, of course, comes from our Declaration of Independence, and we all learn these learned that phrase as we were kids growing up in elementary school most likely so we know that phrase and we understand that we as as human beings every human being as it says there has certain unalienable rights certain rights that uh, are due to every person because they're a person right every individual has rights because they are human uh, and so there's those rights that are just uh, we deserve them we have a right to them as we think about that, if human beings, if we recognize that every human being has certain unalienable rights, then certainly we have to realize that God has certain unalienable rights because of who he is. God has rights and privileges. And, and that's what we're talking about today. God has rights and privileges, and that's the concern that we see coming out of the principle coming out of this fourth commandment as we're going through the ten commandments we're on the fourth commandment today and as we talk about this fourth commandment as i hope to point out to you and show you today that it's about god's rights what he has a right to as our creator and redeemer concerning the fourth commandment john walton uh, remarks God has a right to be honored through the dedication of a special day to him in gratitude for his deliverance of Israel, talking about Israel, from Egypt, and in remembrance of his creative work. And so this text in Deuteronomy recognizes that God has a right to have a special day dedicated in the week to come and worship him together as his people. This was true in Israel, and I hope to show it that it's true today. And that's what I, that's what I want us to see today as we, we consider this fourth commandment. The message of this commandment basically is this, honor God as creator and redeemer by dedicating a day for worship with the church. So the lesson I want us to get out of today's message, honor God as creator and redeemer by dedicating a day for worshiping with the church. And all who are gathered here say amen, right? We, we're doing that today. 
but I want us to see that and understand why we come together and worship as a church. Now, we have to understand that when we talk about this fourth commandment, uh, there are a lot of questions that arise with this fourth commandment. It's the, the commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy. And there's a lot of questions that arise when we begin to look at the New Testament and the Old Testament and how all this fits together. Uh, this commandment is the only one of the Ten Commandments that, is neither, that neither Jesus nor the apostles reestablish in the New Testament. So Jesus, especially Jesus, as he preaches throughout his ministry, he in some way, shape, form, or fashion reestablishes all the other nine commandments. But this commandment, he, he doesn't necessarily reestablish it. And in fact, we see some evidence that uh, in other New Testament writings and the writings of Apostle Paul that perhaps this, this commandment has gone away completely. And so how should we understand that as the church today no longer under the old covenant, but we're under the new covenant in Christ. How do we take this commandment to keep the Sabbath day holy, and how do we apply that to our lives? Uh, is it still something that we are responsible to do? Is it a requirement under the New Testament? And, and quite frankly, there are a whole lot of folks out there who, who do everything they can to kind of push this commandment aside Oh, we don't have to worry about that one. Oh, yeah, we're, we don't commit adultery. We don't murder. All those are great and good, but ah, the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath day holy, that really doesn't apply to us today. So we're just not going to worry about that. So we're going to go and we're going to do what we want to do. And we'll come to church when it's convenient, right? When it's convenient and, and nothing else is going on. It's not too pretty outside and, and it, it's not, not too much, uh, you know, not a great game on TV or, or, you know, whatever. I don't have something else I want to do. The bass aren't biting. The crappie aren't biting. And so as long as none of that stuff's going, then I'll go to church. But other than that, this, this commandment really doesn't apply. You see, that's the way a whole lot of Christians today approach the fourth commandment. It really doesn't apply to the church, so we really don't have to pay attention to it. Now, not, these, not us, right, because you're here. <laughs> it is a pretty day outside. So uh, there's a lot of people who, who are out there today because it doesn't apply. But does it apply? Does it apply? Are we called to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy? Are we called to dedicate a day of the week to come together with God's church to worship the Lord? Well, I want us to see that today and answer that, that primary question. That's, that's the primary question. But as we think about that, and as we move to answer that question, I want us to answer three questions uh, as we move towards that, that final, ultimate answer. So if you found your place there in Deuteronomy chapter 5, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's word. to the wrong one here let me get there Deuteronomy chapter 5 starting in verse 12 observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you six days you shall labor and do all your work but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God on it you shall not do any work for you are your son nor your sons or your daughters, or your male servant, or your female servant, or your ox, or your donkey, or any of your, live, or any of your livestock. 
or the sojourner who is within your, your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word, and we thank you for the instruction that it gives us. Lord, as we look at this Old Testament commandment, Lord, we, we want to know. Lord, we're here today to honor you and worship you and dedicate a day to you, but Lord, how are we to think of this? Uh, to what extent should we go to, to observe a day, to dedicate a day to honor you for all that you have done for us? Lord, teach us. Our hearts long to understand, have greater understanding of what you desire for us. Lord, we want to honor you and glorify you with every part of our lives. So, Lord, help us today to understand this commandment so that we might uh, apply it in an appropriate way to our lives. So, Lord, teach us and give us hearts willing to obey what you show us today. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. So as we look at our, our text today, the first question I want us to answer is this. What does the Old Testament say about the Sabbath? What does the Old Testament say about the Sabbath? So what, particularly, what does this text that we're looking at, I want us to, to think about that, and let me explain what's going on here and, and what other passages might inform us from the Old Testament specifically. And so what we, we notice here, the Old Testament teaches us that, first of all, the Sabbath day is a day of rest. It is a day of rest. Look there at that verse again. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Sabbath. The word Sabbath itself means to cease. That's what Sabbath means. It means to cease, to stop to take a rest, to take a breather. And, and so the Sabbath name, it, it means to, to cease from ordinary work, to cease from your labors. And this was actually, and, and y'all know this, but it was established in, in creation, right? It was established in creation. So we see the Sabbath day established in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, it says there, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that, that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So God created the heavens and the earth in, in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. Now, he didn't rest from all of his work, because if God rested from all of his work, we would all just kind of melt away, right? God holds us together. He, he sustains us and, and gives us life every second of the day. So, so God doesn't necessarily rest from all of his work, but he rests from his creative work. He rested from his creative work, and because God rested 
from his creative work, he established that seventh day. He said, I've done this in six days, and on the seventh day, I rest. And therefore, the Sabbath day is to be a day of rest, a day to cease from our labors and to rest in the Lord. So it is a day of rest. Not only is the Sabbath day a day of rest, it's also a day of worship. It is a day of worship. Again, look at our text. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do, do your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It's a Sabbath to the Lord your God. That's an important little phrase to, to notice there. Don't pass over that. Don't skip over that. It's a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. It's not a Sabbath day to you. Right? It doesn't say it's a Sabbath day to you. It's a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. It's not a day for you to rest from your labors and go get your nails done. It's not a day to rest from your labors and go to the lake. It's not a day to rest from your labors and go play golf. It's not a day to rest from your labors and, and go shopping. It's not a day to rest in, from your labors and do for you. It's a day unto the Lord. It's a day that's dedicated to the Lord, to worship the Lord. And, and so you, you hear, I hear people say this, right? Well, I worship on the deer stand. No, you don't. Oh, you, you do. You worship, you worship you on the deer stand because that's what you want to do. That's your day. That's the Sabbath unto you. But this is the Sabbath is not to be unto you. The Sabbath is unto the Lord. It's the Lord's day. And that means you worship the Lord as the Lord prescribes you to worship him. We see this furthermore in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 3. It's explained and worked out a little bit more there. Le Leviticus chapter 23, verse 3 says this, Six days shall be done. Uh, six, excuse me, six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. A holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. There's to be a holy convocation. There's that, in other words, there's to be a holy assembly. It, it's a time not just to, to rest, not just to go take a nap not just to hang out at home but it's a day to convocate it's a day to assemble to come together and worship the lord together now i know we know in in old testament israel the main place to worship was around the tabernacle in this time that we're talking about in deuteronomy but then later on at the temple in jerusalem and so that was the central place of worship and it certainly People from the northern part of Israel couldn't travel down to Jerusalem to worship every Sabbath day. That was a week or longer journey, and so they couldn't do that. So how did they observe the Sabbath day? How did they convocate together? How did they assemble together when they were scattered across the, the land of Israel? Well, I don't know, All right? The, the Old Testament doesn't tell us that. We do know that in the New Testament, 
there were synagogues in all the little cities. So you see Jesus and Paul and all the apostles, they go to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And so there were these synagogues where they came together and they studied scripture together and they worshiped together in, these, in their own little locations. And, and maybe there was something like that. That's called for, right? There's a, a holy convocation. There's a holy assembly. So there had to be something, but the Old Testament just really doesn't tell us. But Leviticus tells us it's a day to convocate, to assemble together in the Lord, to worship the Lord together, to study scriptures together, to sing praises to God together. And so it is a day to worship. And this is important. Why? See, that's the big question to answer. Why? Why should we give a day every week to come together with the people of God to worship. And this, this, this commandment tells us. It gives us two reasons. This commandment gives us two. Now, there are more reasons than this, but these are two biggies, right? These two are enough that, that it should cause us. I mean, this church should be filled with people because of these two reasons. And I want us to see this. First of all, the first one comes from uh, Exodus, actually, the, the passage in Exodus where God first establishes this commandment. Uh, fun fact here, this commandment is the only one of the ten, and you're going to see this, that is altered. It, it's kind of changed from uh, when it's first given in Exodus there at Mount Sinai, and when Moses gives it again in Deuteronomy, the text that we're studying, uh, when he gives it to the people of Israel before they enter into the promised land 40 years later, it's slightly altered because he's bringing out two different perspectives. And I'm thankful for that because in these two different uh, givings of the, this commandment, we see these two reasons come out. In Exodus, he gives us the first reason that the people of God are called to assemble and worship God together and to dedicate a day to for worshiping the Lord. So there in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall, do not, you shall not do any work. You or your sons or your daughter, uh, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates, for, because in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Why do we worship God? Because God created. Right? He's going back to creation and says, God created. God created. Why do you assemble together? Why do you mark the Sabbath day as holy unto the Lord? Because God created you and he sustains you. He gives you life. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for God. He is our sovereign Lord, our creator. He deserves to be worshipped. All of creation should worship God. Other texts of Scripture tells us that the rest of creation worships the Lord. Human beings and the fallen angels are the only ones of God's creation who fails to worship God because He is our Creator. 
God is our creator. He deserves to have a day dedicated for his people to assemble together and worship him together because he is creator. So that's in the Exodus passage, but now we, we go to Deuteronomy. We're looking at the Deuteronomy text, slightly changed here, but he's bringing out another aspect, right? Another reason why we are to worship God. When he had first given the commandments, Israel had just come out of Egypt. And so he established this commandment, the reasoning in creation. But now, as he's telling this new generation, before they go into the, the land of Canaan, he wants to remind them again. Some of them have, have never, they didn't experience the exodus. Those who had experienced, they were, they were young when they experienced. So now Moses is reminding them of this new aspect, this new reason for worshiping God and dedicating a day to worship the Lord. Notice verse 15 there. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and, on, and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Why do you worship the Lord Israel? Why do you dedicate a day to the Lord to worship Him, to rest from your labors and worship God? Why do you do that? Because God is your Redeemer. He's your Savior. He saved you from slavery. He freed you and gave you life, and He's bringing you into His promised land. Therefore, worship God. Give Him a day of your week. Because God is Redeemer. I wonder, do we understand God is our Redeemer? Do we understand that God sent His Son Jesus Christ to do what we can never do, to, com to completely fulfill His law, His commandments, to live in perfect obedience to His will, and went to Calvary's cross and died for us to redeem us from our sins so that we might have salvation in Him? We would go to hell for all of eternity had God not redeemed us from our sins. Where would we be if God had not redeemed us? Oh, God deserves a day. He deserves one day that we take a break from everything else and focus on Him. Give it to Him. Worship the Lord. God deserves a day. He deserves to be worshipped because He is our Creator and our Redeemer. It was true for Israel, and it's true for us. So the Old Testament tells us that the Sabbath is a day of rest, and it's a day of worship. But third, we also notice that it, when it comes to Israel, the, how it relates to Israel, it is a sign of the Old Covenant. It is a sign of the Old Covenant, and I want to recognize that. Exodus chapter 31, verse 13, tells us this. You are to speak to the people of Israel and say, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbath, for this is a sign. It is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. Uh, the, the, the Sabbath was a sign, right? It was a sign. 
when Israel went into the land of Canaan, they were to be a witness to the rest of the world around them to the glory of God. They were to stand out. They were a holy nation, a nation of priests. And so they were to, to basically proclaim God's glory to the rest of the world. They were to stand out. They were to be different. And so we have a lot of laws like that throughout the Old Testament. We have the, uh, the holy laws, the food laws, and all of that stuff. And, and their primary focus was to, to make Israel stand out from the rest of the nations around them. And so it was with the Sabbath day. And that time... In that time when Israel were coming into the land of Canaan, there wasn't a weekend, right? They didn't take off on the weekend. You, did, you didn't get Saturday and Sunday off. You, you worked. You worked seven days a week. It was a continuous thing. The only people who, who took a day off were the very wealthy, the rich. They were the ones who rested. Everybody else worked. But Israel was to be different. They were to be different. They weren't to work seven days. They weren't to just continue on and on and on day after day. They were to take a day off to rest. And not just the most wealthy of the group, everybody, right? Even, the, even your daughters, your sons, your servants, your, your female, male servants, female servants, your donkeys, your cows, Everybody takes off on Sunday, every, or excuse me, everybody takes off on the Sabbath day. Everybody takes the day off to rest. And, and the nations who were around Israel, they looked at them like, why are they doing that? Why, why can't we trade on the Sabbath day? Why can't I bring my goods into the market and, and sell them on the Sabbath day? Why? Oh, you're, you're worshiping Yahweh. Oh, okay. Who's Yahweh? Right? They were to be different. They were set apart. And the Sabbath day, that marked them off as different from the rest of the world because they recognized, or were supposed to recognize, they were supposed to recognize that God deserved a day. And as a sign, it was to tell the rest of the world, hey, God deserves a day. He deserves a day to be worshipped. And so it was a sign of the covenant. And furthermore, it was a, a requirement, right? For them, it was a requirement. We're not Israel standing on the edges of the Jordan River ready to go in and take the land of Canaan, nor are we in the land of Canaan wanting to stay there. Right? But it was a requirement. Now, God saved them by His grace through faith in His promise. He saved them by His grace from Egypt. And by His grace, He brought them to the land of Canaan and gave them the land of Canaan. But there was a requirement for the nation of Israel. It was a national covenant for you to stay in this land, for you to receive the blessings, continue to receive my blessings. And we'll get to this later on in Deuteronomy when we get to the blessings and the curses of the covenant, but to, to continue to receive my blessings and, and you stay in the land, you keep my commandments. And the Sabbath day was one of the commandments. And so we see this, uh, for example, in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 22 tells us, uh, and do not carry a burden out of your house on the Sabbath or do any work, but, the, but keep the Sabbath day holy as I commanded your fathers. Now, by the time Jeremiah came around, Israel had neglected the Sabbath over and over and over and over 
again for generation after generation after generation. And so God is calling them in Jeremiah, repent, repent and start keeping my Sabbath day. But they didn't. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 27. But if you do not listen to me to keep the Sabbath day holy and not to bear uh, a burden and enter by the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire in the gates and it shall devour the palaces of Jerusalem and shall not, and shall not be quenched. So God warned them. He was calling them to repentance and they failed to repent. They continued in their sin and their rebellion and they continued to neglect the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. And therefore God sent them out of the land. He sent them into exile in the land of Babylon. It was a requirement for them to stay in the land and they failed and they were sent out of the land. So it's a sign of the covenant. It was a a sign of, of the covenant God had made with Israel and it was a requirement for Israel to stay in the land and continue to receive God's blessings as his people. So under the Old Testament covenant, the Old Covenant, the Sabbath day was a requirement and Israel failed to keep that requirement and therefore God sent them into exile so that's what the Old Testament has to say about the Sabbath day well what does the New Testament say about the Sabbath we're New Testament Christians right we're under the new covenant and so we need to understand what the New Testament says about the Sabbath day well as we go through the New Testament of course we first get to Jesus right in the Gospels And we see when it comes to Jesus that Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath. Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath. Matthew chapter 5 verse 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus says, I came to fulfill them. How did Jesus fulfill the law and the prophets? Number one, he fulfilled them by obeying them, right? He lived in complete obedience to the Old Testament, co- Old Testament covenant, the Old Covenant. He completely observed the Sabbath. Now, he was constantly accused of being a Sabbath breaker. Y'all know that? The Pharisees constantly, in fact, if you're reading the Meshane Bible reading, uh, then, then you read that this morning. The Pharisees accusing Jesus of being a Sabbath breaker because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. But Jesus said that Sabbath day is not for, well, uh, the Sabbath day is for man, right? And, and so it's a day to do good. And Jesus was doing good. He was healing people. He was giving them life on the Sabbath day. And the Lord of the Sabbath can do that. And so Jesus was obeying the Sabbath. He kept the Sabbath, not like men, not all the requirements that men put on the Sabbath, but he was keeping the Sabbath as the Lord intended, as God the Father intended for the Sabbath to be kept. The Sabbath day is not a day to do evil. It is a day to do good. And Jesus did good by healing on the Sabbath Sabbath day. The Lord kept the Sabbath day commandment perfectly according to his Father's will. Not according to men's will, but according to his father's will, Jesus kept the Sabbath. He kept it perfectly, but he also fulfilled it by fulfilling its prophetic aspect, right? The the Sabbath day, there's a prophetic aspect to the Sabbath day. Paul brings this out later on in Colossians. Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 17. Therefore... 
let no one pass judgment on you in questions of, of food and drink or with regard to a fest, uh, festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. A Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. The substance belongs to Christ. God gave the Old Testament saints a, a day of Sabbath, a day of rest. They were to rest in the Lord. Rest to the Lord. But Jesus fulfills that. Because as we're going to see later on, they were unable to rest. But Jesus is our rest. He comes and fulfills the Sabbath day, and in Him we rest. Right? We rest in Christ. He is our Sabbath. And so Jesus fulfills the Sabbath command completely by obeying it, and fulfilling his prophetic nature. He is the Sabbath rest. We rest in him. We rest from sin. We rest from sin's condemnation. We rest from sin's punishment in Jesus Christ. So Jesus fulfilled the, the Sabbath day. The apostles kept the Sabbath. The apostles kept the Sabbath. Acts chapter 18, verse 4, and this is just one. If you, read, if you go reading through the, the book of Acts, you see this kind of thing repeated over and over again. But I just pulled this one verse as a, an example. And Paul reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. So Paul and the other apostles, for the, for the most part, they kept the Sabbath. They, they, every Sabbath day, they would go into the synagogues and, and, and you know, argue with the, the people there and show them from the Scriptures, Jesus Christ. And when they were kicked out of the synagogues, they, they found a church and, and met with the church and started assembling with the church. And so they kept the Sabbath day. At least in some regards, they kept the Sabbath day. The church transformed the Sabbath. The church transformed the Sabbath. And we start seeing this in the, the New Testament. It really starts showing up after the New Testament, after the first century. Uh, we start seeing this in early church history more and more and more. But uh, we, we certainly see it beginning to take place even in the first century and in the New Testament church. The, first, the church, number one, changed the day, uh, the day of, of observance, right? Because... Y'all probably know that uh, the Sabbath day is Saturday, right? It's six days you should work, but the last day of the week is a Sabbath day. That's Saturday. It's the last day of the week. And so that's why our brothers and sisters of the Seventh-day Adventists, uh, they observe the, the Saturday. That's their day of worship because they feel like that's the, the, the day to do that. But for the most part, the New Testament church began to, to transform that. And they began to meet on the first day of the week, Sunday, because the first day of the week was the day that Jesus arose from the dead. And so now we have new creation in Jesus. The resurrection marks the day of new creation. Jesus Christ rose from the dead and established his church. And so now the church typically meets on Sunday, the first day of the week. And we see that taking place again in the New Testament. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. On the first day of the week when we, are, when we were gathered together to break bread. Right? The church was gathered together to break bread. That breaking bread was, uh, it was uh, uh, kind of indicating that they were observing the Lord's Supper. Right, Breaking bread, 
to observe the Lord's Supper. So on the first day of the week, they gathered together to break bread. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2 also indicates that. Paul tells the church there, uh, when, you assemble, when you come together on the first day of the week, bring a collection together so I don't have to gather it when I get there. So uh, here again in 1 Corinthians, Paul refers to the church meeting on the first day of the week, assembling on the first day of the, re- of the week. And so they began to transform it and change the day to the first day of the week to Sunday, the Lord's Day. But they also recognized Christian liberty. They also recognized Christian liberty here. Romans chapter 14, verses 5 through 6. One person esteems one day as better than another. One observes it on the Sabbath day, Saturday. One observes it on Sunday. While another, but each one should fully, should be fully convinced in his own mind. So one observes it one day, while another esteems another day. Some all days as alike, but each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats eats in the Lord. Since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. He's talking about two things there. He's talking about eating meat and, and, and the Sabbath day. But notice he's, he's talking about the Sabbath day. He says, you know, some meet on Saturday and some meet on Sunday. And, and some just count all days as alike. And they, they find some other place to meet. And it, Paul says it, it doesn't really matter, right? It, you, it's, if you're, you're worshiping the Lord, if you're giving a day to the Lord, if you're giving a time to the Lord, that's what's important. See, they were going through a, a time of transition in, in the first century. Throughout the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament, they were going through a time of transition. The Jews, they still held the Sabbath day as holy. But now Gentiles are coming into the church. And they don't understand the Sabbath. All they know, Jews, they had their, their Jewish friends, and they knew that they worshipped on the Sabbath, but they, they, they didn't really understand it. So, so now the, the Gentiles are coming in. Well, what are we to do? And, and so Paul's saying, you know, you need to let conscience be your guide here. Right? We're no longer under the old covenant. We're under the new covenant. So we're not bound by the laws we're we're not saved by the laws that that's not our way of salvation our salvation is through the lord jesus christ he died for us he redeemed us and so we're we're saved by god's grace through faith in jesus christ all of the blessings are given to us through jesus not through our obedience They're, they're through his obedience Nevertheless, you need to be your, let your conscience be the guide, right? You, 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 there's still a time that you need to gather together to worship. He never denies that. But we can give some liberty here. We can give some liberty here. Some people, they might think, well, you only, uh, all, all you should do is go to church all day on Sunday, and that's the Sabbath day. Some people might think, well, go to church on Sunday, and some people might think, well, it's okay if we go have a picnic, and some people might say, no, that's not right, and some people might say, well, it's all right if I go down to the pond and fish after lunch, isn't it? And some people say, no, you can't do that, and other people say, oh, yeah, that's all right. Well, that's fine, right, because let your conscience be your guide. There's Christian liberty here. 
We're no longer under the old covenant where we have all of these lists of things we can and cannot do on the Sabbath day. All of that's been removed. So we're, we're not under all of that. There's some liberty here. But the New Testament never says quit meeting together, right? The New Testament never says quit meeting together. It just says now we have some liberty. Now we have some liberty. We're no longer under the old covenant. We're under the new. So there is some liberty here. So Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath. The apostles kept the Sabbath. And the church began to transform the Sabbath. You know, I, I think about it like this and just kind of pull all of this stuff together. When I was a child, I had to go to church. Right? I had to go to church. Why? Because it was a law in the Gamble household. <laughs> We're going to church. Nope, you're not going down to the pond fishing Sunday morning. Nope, you're not playing with your buddies. Nope, you're not going to ride three-wheelers. You're not going to do all that. We're going to church on Sunday, period. Right? That was a law in the Gamble household. And I had to go to church when I was a child. But when I grew up, I came to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, I don't have to go to church. I get to go to church. <laughs> I get to go to church. You see, it's not a law. It's a gift. It's a blessing for me to come to church. And if I miss church one week, right? If I miss church for one week, it messes up my whole week. Because God has blessed me with a church family to come together. I love you guys. I love being with you, to fellowship with you. And you, you build me up in my faith as we commune together. I want to be here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I want to worship with you. The Lord is worthy of this. He's worthy for coming together and, and fellowshipping together and building one another up in the faith. He's worthy, so I love coming to church. And that's how it should be for Christians. Yes, for someone who's not a Christian, this is a task, right? This is just another thing to do. And there are a lot of people who are in church, and that's what it is. And so they don't mind missing here and there. They're fine with just coming every once in a while. They're fine with coming church, uh, to church on Christmas and Easter and just kind of taking it off the rest of the year, coming maybe when's it convenient. They're fine with that because it's a chore. It's a law, right? I've got to do that to win merit with God. But for Christians, we're not under the law. The Sabbath command is not burdensome. The Sabbath law is a blessing. The Sabbath command is a blessing. I get to worship God with my church family on Sunday. So that's what the New Testament tells us about the Sabbath command. Third, and this is what we really need to get here. How do we apply the Sabbath? How do we apply the Sabbath command? Right? We understand how we should think about it. Right? It's, a, it's a blessing. We should want to do this. We should want to come together. We're not 
obligated under the law to, to be here. We don't have to do that to win favor with God. We want to be there, but how do we apply that? Well, first of all, dedicate a day to worship with the church. Dedicate a day to worship with the church. And I'm preaching to the choir, right? Dedicate a day to worship with the church. God has a right to be worshipped. He's our creator and our redeemer. And we get to fulfill that right. So dedicate a day to, to worship with the church. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. I alluded to this one a while ago, but here I want to quote it. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, we're not to neglect meeting together. We're not to neglect coming together as a church. We're to want to be here, but we're to come together and worship. That's our business when we come together on Sunday. We come together, we congregate to worship with the church. That means... Hear me on this. That means sometimes we have to say no. Right? Sometimes we have to say no. Because the world says, why don't you come do this on Sunday? I mean, we got this big event going on. Why don't you come Sunday, 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 right? Come see this on Sunday. And if we're going to worship with the church, we have to say no. No. And just like Old Testament Israel, that is a testimony to the world around us. The problem, so much of the problem with the church today is the church don't, doesn't say no. God's people don't say no. We've got a game on Sunday. No. We've got practice on Sunday. No. We got a fishing tournament on Sunday. No. We're going to go hunting on Sunday. No. If the church would say no, the world would get it. The church loves the Lord and worship is a priority. When are Christians going to get it? When are Christians going to say no? Because God is more worthy of worship than baseball, football, track, fishing, hunting, Everything else. When is the world going to get it? When's the church going to get it? If we're going to be serious about the Sabbath and we're going to enjoy the Sabbath and we're going to honor God with our lives by observing a day, dedicating a day to God to worship with His church, we've got to say no and make God the priority. Not every other little thing that comes along. We dedicate a day to worship with the church. Second, we dedicate a day to rest from ordinary labors. To rest from ordinary labors. Now, again, we're no longer under the law. We don't have to be dogmatic about this, right? The Old Testament law says don't bear a burden at all. So uh, we're not under that obligation. So, so there's some, some liberty here. But... But think about this, uh, giving the Sabbath day, giving Sunday, marking that, because that's what the day that we celebrate as, as Christians here at First Baptist, we celebrate Sunday, 
right? That's our day that we dedicate to worship to the Lord. And so take a break, right? God recognizes that he, he didn't make us to go day after day after day after day. He tells us you need to rest. You need a day of rest. You need a break from your labor, so rest in me. So why not take Sunday to be a day of rest from your ordinary labors? Uh, take that time to, to spend time with family and friends and fellowship when you're not in church, right? When we leave here, spend time with your family and friends. Man, I used to love that on Sunday as I was a kid growing up. That was the day I got to go to Grandma and Grandpa's. And, and sometimes the, the, the preacher and his family would come, and, and sometimes the, the preacher had kids, and so we got to go out and play. And I love Sunday lunch. Because it was a time to be with my family and to, to see friends. And, and yeah, we would play outside and do all that. And it's a wonderful time of, of family and fellowship. So spend time with family and friends in fellowship. Use it as a day to take a nap. I'm going to do that this afternoon. Right? I'm going to go take a, a, my Sunday nap. I used to hate naps, but now as I get older, I appreciate those more and more so sunday is a good day to take a nap and so that's all right that's good right we're to rest in the lord we're to take a break and so nap take a nap read right today's a great day if you you got a book you've been wanting to read especially a, a christian book maybe something about discipleship take that time to read or or read scripture Right? Today's a great day to get caught up on your Bible reading. You get a little behind. Uh, we all do that sometimes. Uh, you get a little bit behind on your Bible reading. Take time on Sunday to get caught up. Read your scriptures. Read the Bible. Learn more about God. But, you know, to do that, you're going to have to prepare in advance. You're going to have to prepare in advance. That means you're going to have to uh, maybe, I don't know, mow the yard on, on Saturday instead of Sunday. Not that it's, you know, we're not legalistic, so if you mow the yard on Sunday, I'm not going to get all up in your business, right? That, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to rest on Sunday, you're going to have to mow the yard on Saturday. And, and so you're going to have to prepare, right? You're, you're going to have to get prepared. And so you're going to have to make sure you get things done Friday and Saturday or th sometime through the week so that you can just take time to breathe and take time to rest in the Lord on Sunday. Now, you know, if you work in an office all week, rest for you may not be reclining in your, office, your chair taking a nap. It, it might be working in the flower beds, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It might be something like that. And, and so, again, not dogmatic. We don't have to be dogmatic about this. We don't have to be legalistic about this. And, and what's good for you might not be good for somebody else. So don't look at somebody else and say, oh, uh, you know what they did on Sunday. You know, they went out to eat or whatever, you know. Uh, you, no, we don't have to be like that. But just take time to take a breather and rest in the Lord. So dedicate a day to worship with the church, a day to rest from ordinary works. And number three, and this is the most important one, this is how we fulfill the Sabbath day. Turn away from evil works and rest in Jesus Christ. Turn away from your evil works and rest in Jesus Christ. And that's not just on Sunday, that's every day. Right, that's every day. Turn away from evil works and rest in Jesus. Jesus fulfills the law. And so if we're going to fulfill the Sabbath, we fulfill it through Jesus Christ. I love this, Hebrews chapter 4. If you go read Hebrews chapter 4, you see that it talks about Israel's failure to enter God's rest, God's Sabbath. 
because of their sin, because of their rebellion. Then Hebrews chapter 4, verses 8 through 11 tells us, if, For if Joshua had given Israel rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Right? Their work was disobedience. They never rested from their disobedience. And that was the reason they failed to enter God's rest. How do we succeed? How do we rest from our disobedience? How do we rest from our evil works? By turning away from our sin, repenting that Bible term there, turning away from our sin and turning to Jesus Christ. The number one way we keep the Sabbath is by turning away from sin, turning away from rebellion, and putting our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Jesus is the answer, right? Jesus is the answer. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ, you're not at rest, and you will never be at rest. You will fail to enter God's rest. Your only hope is to turn to Jesus and trust in Him. Trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. As Creator and Redeemer, God has a right to have a day dedicated to worship Him. He has a right to be worshipped as our creator and redeemer. Honor God as creator and redeemer by dedicating the Lord's day today as a day of worshiping with the church. You have six days a week to do whatever. To do whatever. To work, to play, to recreate. But give a day to the Lord. To come together with his church and worship him. He is worthy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the Sabbath day. Lord, though it may be a burden for those who don't know you, for those of us who have trusted in Jesus, those of us who have had our hearts renewed, those of us who you have, you have changed our will, you have changed our desires so, so that we rejoice in you today, to the Sabbath day, today, this Lord's day is a blessing. And Lord, we are so grateful to be able to come together and meet and worship you together as your holy church. Lord, I pray I understand the pressures of the world. All of the pressures that the world puts upon your people, Lord, that 
trying to draw us away from a day of worship. But Lord, give us a spine. Give us courage to say no so that we may glorify you by showing this dead and dying world that you are worthy. You are worthy of worship and praise. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have fulfilled the Sabbath and given us rest in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now these things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.